Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. In January 2015, I came across this blog just this week. An artist named Heather Calderon wrote a post and she talked about a piece of art that meant a lot to her and her family. Heather first in the blog post recalled her own childhood. She grew up an artist and she happened to discover when she was little that her grandma was an artist too. But by the time it really kind of hit her in life in teenage years. Her grandmother had passed, and so she lost this connection. And she pursued art herself and later had teachers who really mentored her. And one of her teachers told her, he said, you're going to do something really big in your life. And he admired her art, and that gave her confidence. She said the biggest thing was that he noticed her. This teacher noticed her, noticed her talent, and that gave her the confidence to keep going. When Heather had a daughter of her own, she said, I want her to feel that confident from the very beginning. I don't want her her to ever doubt herself. And she saw that the artistic talent was running in the family and her daughter was drawing and sketching and it made Heather's heart so happy. But then she started to notice by age 13 that just that, just the adolescence and the the self-doubt was kind of starting to hang on her daughter, Veronica. And that, she said her glimmering spark just dwindled. That kind of hurt her heart there. She remembers taking Veronica with her to a gathering of artists one night for a special event that was happening. And they were painting and they were working on a live art gathering. And Veronica was just sitting off to the side by herself, sketching in her notepad. And Heather remembers that a fellow artist named Lori, Lori Pratico, came up and said, who's that girl over there with a sketchbook? And Heather's like, that's my daughter. And she said, I see a story behind her eyes. And she said, I'm working on a new project and I would love to paint Veronica. I'm working on a series of murals and Veronica became the first one in the series called Girl Noticed. And this is, it's kind of hard to see, but that is Veronica there standing in front of her own portrait. And she created this because she wanted the next generation. Lori herself had her own story of people believing in her. And she wanted the next generation of artists and just females in society to feel noticed, to be believed in, to have confidence. And so she has an entire organization called Girl Noticed where people can nominate others to be on murals. Now, the interesting thing, I don't know, I couldn't tell if if they're all this way, but this particular mural was done in charcoal. And when Heather wrote about seeing this and what it meant to her to watch someone else notice her child, notice and believe and honor her on a wall. And she said how much that meant to her. And she said it was interesting to see it in charcoal. And she said, because there's there's only a window of opportunity when you can catch someone's attention and notice them. It's not always going to be there. And so that meant a lot that someone saw Veronica in this point in her life. And I happened to do a bit of searching, and Veronica is now about 25, and you can find her art online. She's still pursuing art. And it seems that both her mom's investment in her life and someone else noticing her 
has fed into making a difference in who she has become. Because there's something extraordinary when other people notice us. I like the way that Zach Mercurio, who's an organizational psychologist, he described it this way. Feeling noticed is the opposite of feeling invisible, the inverse of being forgotten. When others pay attention to us and remember us, our essential lives, hidden vividness and nuances become known. We can be noticed by mentors or by family members or by strangers, the way Lori is providing through her murals. But it gives us the strength to carry on, especially when we're struggling. Today, in our scripture, we're going to read about a person who, he was struggling, and though he didn't voice it, his friends noticed. And we're going to see this as a reminder for us today to notice other people. We are in our series of Exodus. This is the second half. This is the second book in the Bible. God's people had lived, the Israelites had lived as slaves for centuries under the Egyptians. But God freed them. And we read about the miracle of the Red Sea and how God's people are now free. But yet, These next steps determine who they will become. What do they do with that freedom? And so we've been reading that these chapters following the rescue are all about molding people into who they can become. And we've talked about gratitude. We've talked about Sabbath rest. We've talked about the trust that Yahweh was building in relationship with the people to himself as God. But today, we're going to begin to watch how he's teaching them to interact with one another. We'll be in Exodus chapter 17 today, and I'm going to read beginning with verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow, I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. Okay. This is interesting. I want to read another verse that's describing this same situation because we're going to get a little bit more detail. When they reflected back on it in Deuteronomy, we found out one more piece of information here. Deuteronomy 25. Remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt. When you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and attacked all who were lagging behind. They had no fear of God. So that's... This gives us a little bit more information. Not only did this, did this people attack Israel seemingly out of nowhere, they also snuck up from behind. And then you think, we said this was over a million people traveling together. That's a lot of people getting through. And maybe, maybe the, those who knew the way, those who were strong in their walking were up front, were leading the way, were protecting people, were scouting out what was coming next. But those who were tired, those who were injured or just, just had some issues, the, the weak, they were in the back. And that is who the Amalekites attacked. It's like going against all the honor of even like, like they weren't even an army, but even then they like went against all the like rules of war that we would say would be honorable, right? They're not attacking those. They're not picking on someone their own size. They were choosing to react this way. Now, it says they had no fear of God. And that phrase in this culture would imply like 
There's a standard way to live and they are breaking that standard. They are not honoring their fellow human beings. Therefore, from this point onward, the Amalekites are considered an enemy because they have disrespected people and they have shown that they have contempt for the God that Israel served. Because right now, Israel is representing Yahweh, the Lord God, in this place. Now let's look at the history of the Amalekites. Amalek, we've got a little chart that I tried to make here. Basically, if you've heard of the forefathers, there's Abraham and Sarah. They had Isaac, and Isaac and Rebekah had Jacob and Esau, twins. Now I didn't trail it off because there's a lot of people on Jacob's side. But through Jacob is where Israel came from. That's the family line. And through Esau is now here where we hear of Edomites and Amalekites. These were people groups that had the same family root. And so you'd think they would kind of give each other the benefit of the doubt. But apparently the Amalekites were dominant in this region and they struck first, asked questions later, instead of just seeing that Israel was trying to pass through. Okay, so we've got all of this. We've got all of this violence. What's going to happen next? Verse 10 of Exodus chapter 17. So, you know, Moses sent Joshua out and said, I'm going to stand on the hill. Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So then Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. We've got two new people we're introduced to here. We know that we've met Aaron. Aaron is the older brother of Moses. They've been partners as they confronted Pharaoh. They've been doing all these big things together. So now we also have Joshua. He is later identified as the son of Nun, the grandson of the chief of Ephraim, the tribe. So he is going to, we don't even know if Israel had like an official army, but apparently he has some sort of experience that he's leading a group of people and making sure they were okay to protect themselves. And later, we will find out that Joshua is chosen to succeed Moses in leadership. Joshua is going to be the one to lead people into the promised land. And then we have her. Her is described as being with Aaron and some other places in leadership. And it says that her is part of the tribe of Judah. And his grandson is described as being an artist and filled with God's wisdom and creativity. And he creates the tabernacle. So we've got a very creative artist family here. So apparently these guys are just, they're leaders among the people. They're known, okay? So imagine how this attack must have felt to all the Israelite people. We have described these are real people who experienced real trauma coming out of being oppressed. That's all this generation knew in their lives. Everyone alive here, all they had known was slavery. Now they have come out. They are recovering. They're trying to deal with this food that arrives, this manna that arrives daily. They're trying to learn to trust in God. And they're on a journey and they don't really know where they're going. All of this feeling, and now someone is attacking them. 
So they've already become vulnerable. And we, like I said, we don't even know if they were trained to fight back. So somehow, Moses saying, I'm going to go to a hill and I'm going to stand on it with the staff. And that gave them strength. And we don't know if it was just Moses' presence, that he has always been the spokesperson for God. And so maybe standing there, maybe the people fighting were like, Yahweh's on our side because we can see Moses there. Or maybe this staff, it's been pretty, pretty powerful so far. God had said, take that staff when you go talk to Pharaoh and tell them to let my people go. Take that staff and hold it up and I will part the sea. There's been some way that God has taken his power and he's infused it. He's used the staff as a visual, as a conduit for this power. So perhaps when Moses was holding up his arms and holding it high, that, that was again Yahweh's power coming through. Those are the various, there's, just, there's different thoughts about what that might have been. But either way, whether it was Moses is just his presence, whether it was God's miraculous power in the moment, something happened when his arms were up and the people were victorious. And so what we want to focus on is this. Moses couldn't do that alone because he got tired. And if you notice, he didn't say anything. We don't see it recorded. He didn't say, hey, guys, um, really struggling over here. It just says that Aaron and her they're like, hmm, let's, let's bring up a stone so he can sit for a while. Let's just hold up his arms so that he can hang on. They're very practical actions, right? Someone gives you a seat. Someone offers physical touch. That can be very encouraging when we feel low. Sometimes it's those simple actions that get us through our own battles. And Aaron and her noticed that Moses was struggling, and they stepped toward. Let's keep reading and see what happens in verse 14. So we, the, the battle has been won, and the Lord, Yahweh, said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered. Make sure that Joshua hears it, because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, so the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. So now we see there was a, there was a message here that hands were lifted up against God, and so through Moses' uplifted hands, God was showing that he would protect his people, even when it got ugly, even when fighting was involved that he would defend his people against more pain. We again see the love of Yahweh. And you think like, I always try to, I skip over the war parts. I don't really like the fighting. And yet God continues to try to protect his people because life is, sometimes life involves pain and involves the conflict that we don't want to deal with. And yet God shows up. This passage is the first time that we really see anything was talked about writing. Write this down on a scroll. And where it says that it should be remembered, it's not just like a passive thought that was supposed to come to mind. The Hebrew, um, it's just the, the letter Z-K-R. And scholar Nahum Serna says that this means to be mindful, which in the Hebrew language was often 
connected with a verb of action. Like you were supposed to have an awareness and, and have a concern, be engaged, so that when you remember, that like your whole self was involved in remembering. Remember that Yahweh saved you. That was that gratitude piece we talked, we've been talking about. Remember that, that you are to stand firm and that the Lord will fight for you. So God's people were actively recalling that they could trust in their God, that who they had connected their lives to cared about them in return and that they were in a relationship together. Now, what I want us to connect to today is even in this moment, in this moment of, of pure conflict, and you think Aaron and her, they, they weren't on the battlefield. In fact, they weren't even, you, what they were doing may seemed insignificant. Like we brought a guy a stone to sit on, which kind of like held up his arms. And yet they saw their friend Moses. He was the one being called by God to somehow inspire the victory. And so they did what they could. They just, they just sat by him, held up his arms. And yet their participation mattered. It was simple things, and yet it made a difference to not just Moses. I can't imagine that he felt like, do you think he felt a little less than, like, I can't even hold up my arms. I'm not down there on the battlefield, and I just feel weak. And yet his friends were like, it's okay. You're human. You don't have to do it all by yourself. And then their own people, Aaron and her's participation saved their people. Sometimes these small acts, we think, we look, and we feel overwhelmed because there's big battles out there. And yet small actions to support one another can really make a difference. Before we conclude our scripture reading, I want us to look into the New Testament because Moses isn't the only one who had a little help from his friends. Jesus was God on earth, and yet he needed support. He allowed himself to become human, needing other humans. And so we read, we can glimpse in Luke 8. There was a list of women, and it said, these women were helping to support Jesus and his disciples out of their own means. So there's this whole list of all these women. They've been cured of evil spirits and diseases. They followed Jesus. They were disciples. And it says that they were giving of their resources, their time, their finances. They helped Jesus travel and preach. And later in Luke 10, we studied this last year. Jesus showed up at Mary and Martha's house. And a lot of us are familiar with the story because we look and we focus on what the women were doing inside. But let's stand at the door with Jesus right here. He had a place to go. Martha opened her home and she allowed Jesus and his ragtag group of teenagers to come in and she fed a lot of them. She was a place where he would go and stay and then he would do ministry in the whole region. So he, she was kind of the hub for his ministry. He would go and rest at night and then go out and preach and, and reach out to people during the day. Martha was a welcome space. Martha was giving him a stone to sit on or lifting up his arms. Jesus relied on other people and other people noticed and provided for him. To Jesus there was beauty, there was support, and he needed it. 
So, from both the Old and the New Testament examples today, let's zero in on one big application. It's simple and yet hard to do sometimes. Let's notice people's needs. Remember, Moses didn't vocalize. It seemed that Aaron and her just, just saw and they showed up. It was extra wonderful that he had friends who just showed up without Moses asking. Now, next week, we're going to read the next chapter of Exodus, and Moses is going to get that lesson where he needs to ask. And so that'll be, that'll be for next week. But for now, we're going to look at Aaron and her that they noticed. Now, if we look around us, there's a lot of people who could use encouragement and support. And there's going to be a lot of people who don't say it. You can probably think of a number of times that you just hoped someone maybe would notice that you were low, but you couldn't put it into words because we don't always have words. We don't always know. But when someone shows up for you, it means a world of difference. So our challenge is to notice. And that, that can be hard. We're, we're busy. We're doing things. I know how I feel all the time because I'm with me. But it takes effort to stop, stop, pause from my life and look outward. In some seasons, we do that easier than others. But this is just our reminder to say that it helps, that it means a lot. That we can, if we notice people not acting like themselves, that we stop and ask why and check in. If we notice we haven't seen someone come around in a while, we go to them. Now, it can be hard. It can be hard because we have those feelings. Maybe Aaron and her thought, well, we can't do anything on the battlefield. We're just holding up his arms. What are we doing? In the same way, like, I know a bunch of people who are, they're grieving people who've passed away right now, who have received medical diagnoses that are scary and they're hurt by relationships. And there's nothing I can do to fix that. And that can feel helpless to some of us. When we look and we see problems and we think, I can't fix it for you. I can't even take away your pain. What can I do? But we can be present. We can just show up. Bring tissues. Sit. Watch a movie together. Listen to their stories when they start to feel like talking. Our presence matters. And if we notice someone's in need, don't feel helpless. Know that your presence matters. That's what matters. Showing up, noticing, and showing up. It's simple and complex all at once. I'm going to give you some specifics today. A lot of times we can think, you know, maybe there's some people coming to your mind that God is bringing to your mind and heart right now that you need to go reach out to. But I'm going to give you a specific assignment to add to that. I want you to do those. And then God's given me a message to give to you. So today, today is Mother's Day. And I'm going to need you to notice some people. Because we know a lot of moms who are amazing. A lot of you in this room. Um, some moms put on a really good front. And they might be more tired than they let on. They might be more overwhelmed by what, stage their child is going through right now. They might have no clue what to do and don't have the resources 
and don't know where to turn next. I want you to notice them. There are also a lot of non-moms who maybe didn't imagine that life would look like this. And I want you to notice them too. There, if any woman has made a difference in your life, has helped your motherhood be better because they have loved on your kids, has mentored you in any way, go and notice them today. Care, thank them. If you know anyone whose mom has died this year, no matter if she lived a long, amazing life, it's gonna be hard. Go, notice them. There are foster moms among us and That can be such a mix of emotions to not know, to love these kids and not know how long you have time to love these kids. Show up and tell them that they are noticed and that you you care about what they're doing. Single dads being moms and dads at the same time. Give Give them a what's up today. And then I'm gonna need you to do it all again on Father's Day because we all have all these emotions. Basically today, All the women you see probably have some sort of ache going on. We've all got things, even when we are moms or not. There's something hovering. So notice and honor and care today. And we'll do the same on Father's Day. Um, I'm going to give you one more challenge because I'm on a roll. We got two challenges today. That one's immediate. Would love for you to think about at least five women you could like text today. Okay. Challenge number two is a little bit more long term. And they don't know we're doing this. But uh, we saw Aaron and her lifting up a, a leader. And we've got, some, we've got some leaders among us. And I'm going to challenge you to check in on Dylan and Shante, our pastors. I'll throw myself in there. Because we're pastors, we're supposed to be the one taking care. And so you might notice our personalities are the ones that we're taking care but we're not speaking up. So our lesson is next week. It's coming, it's coming. We're gonna have to speak up. But I wanna tell you that Dylan works a nine to five job and then he gives all this other time to church ministry. So, I don't know, show up sometime. Notice him sometime this, this next season. He, he loves Al Medina food. I know he loves that. He loves to watch Marvel or Star Wars with people. And, uh, you know, he works on a lot of people's houses, but every once in a while we could show up and help him with a project or two. Shantae, she's not here today. She's with her family, and there is a lot of grief going on right now that she's not, she's not saying a lot about, but she'll let me tell you this, is that there's been some death and there's been some big sickness going on. And she's present with them right now, but when she comes back, I hope you'll be present for her. She loves boba tea. She loves the color yellow, flowers, or maybe you just volunteer to take her spot when she's teaching and let her sit in service and just sit. These people care, and so I'm speaking up on their behalf so that you'll notice them throughout the year. And I've had some people check in with me, and I just, I'll be vulnerable and say, words, words mean a lot to me. If you send me a word, I hold on to it, I save it, screenshot it, I put it in a folder. And when I have days that I wake up and think, I don't want to lead today. It's overwhelming. I don't want to do it. I read those. I read those screenshots. Or I do like food and coffee so you can feed me or take me out to coffee anytime. Okay. 
I'm just saying those because I'm trying to be honest, right? I'm trying to speak up. But let's notice each other. You know what? If we're all doing it, if we're all noticing one another, then we're going to be noticed too. And it's a perfect time to let you know that this summer, we're going to do a challenge. The whole church, littles, adults, all ages, we're going to have a summer of serving. And we're going to have, find ways and opportunities to care for each other and our communities. And it, we have to start by noticing. So we're going to notice, we're going to come up with, with lists of needs that we've noticed, and we're all going to work on it as a community. Because this matters. Because God made us to be family together. He made us here in community, not to be alone. Yahweh cares about us. He cares about the battles that we fight, and he doesn't want us to do it alone. When God shows up, it's often through other people. So be that conduit today. Be the presence of Jesus for someone else. Let's close by noticing Jesus today. We close every week with communion. And we can think about different things, but perhaps today it's remembering that Jesus was present, that he showed up, that he came to die and to rise again and to take care of our sin problem and our death problem. But he didn't just arrive 33 years old. He lived a life and he was present in people's lives. So let's spend this time remembering that Jesus was present, that he noticed people, that he spent his days noticing others, and that he notices us still today. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for noticing every single one of us. There's a lot of us on this earth, and you care about us all. Thank you for noticing us. Help us to live like you and notice other people. Give us courage when that seems intimidating. Give us your wisdom of the small things that we can do that matter most. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for showing up on this earth. You showed up through Moses to your people. You showed up through Jesus to demonstrate life as a human. Thank you for allowing us to care for one another and wanting us to do so. We lift you up. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.